Hello and welcome to another episode of the Engaged Podcast. I'm Jamie. I'm Simon. And today we're going to be talking about the What Do We Leave Behind uh, DS9 25th Anniversary documentary. And uh, we are joined by first-time guest Chris, also known as the Trek Collector. Hello, Chris. Hello, guys. How's things? Hi, Simon. Hi, Jamie. Great to be on your show. Hello. Thanks for having us. That's all right. Hello. <laughs> Almost, I always fluffed up the introduction there. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm just having a little cough to myself. And uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't be the only ones to fluff up uh, introductions. Uh, I, I tend to be a pro at it at this point, I think. Um. <laughs> so all right. Good to know. <laughs> um, but obviously, yeah, this is um, obviously, you know, Chris, obviously your first time guest, but what's also um, really cool is actually you actually featured in the documentary as well. Yes, I did. I was I was quite lucky in, in that regard. Um, very, very lucky. Uh, plus as well, like it's, it's my favourite Star Trek show. So if there was one Same. kind of documentary that I could could make an appearance on, it definitely was that one. So. Yeah, and and if anyone's wondering, you appear in forty four minutes into the documentary talking about Garak. That's correct, actually. Yes. <laughs> so, if you're anyone's welcome, wondering, Jamie, you you're welcome. Thank, thank you, Sai. <laughs> yes, Sai si did let me know. <laughs> so, I, I'm not going to uh, jump into any. I'll let you throw the questions at me, and I'll answer them. So I don't want to kind of cut you guys off. So like, you you work away, you throw the questions, and I, I'll answer because uh, I don't want to just get carried away and just. Skip, it's fine. But the whole part of our kind of way we do things is just honestly feel free to jump in, chat about anything, anytime. It's honestly fine, Brilliant. so you know, we honestly don't mind. Out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as you, as you say, um, considering it's it, I mean, the amount of stuff that they obviously couldn't cover due to the obviously the time they had. Um, you know, as you say, because there was so much that they could have talked about that they obviously didn't. But one of the things I did love is the fact that they acknowledged that at the end. You know, because people think, well, why didn't you cover? I know, I think it was, for example, well, what about Dr. Bashir and Chief O'Brien's friendship and all that kind of stuff? It's like, you can't include everything. But I think the fact that, you know, it was two hours, I think they did a really good job anyway. They covered quite a lot yeah uh like from my understanding i was lucky enough that when i seen the uk premiere there was actually two in the uk it was at destination um in birmingham there was one that was actually over at the cinema just opposite uh the what's the oh what's the name of the the, the complex in birmingham there was uh, one just yeah uh, you know it do you talk about where what where destination star trek was in birmingham yes the yeah, NEC, yeah. Opposite yeah. there was a cinema. So the, the basically what they were doing, they were going to have a London premiere. And due to DST taking place and the delay with the film coming out, they decided, you know, let's do it with DST. And they moved it to Birmingham. So I kind of made contact, um, asking could I get tickets. So lucky enough, I got tickets. Uh, at this point now, I wasn't even aware that it was in the documentary. So it was kind of cool. So the Thursday night, the opening ceremony, while the opening ceremony was going on at DST, the premiere was being screened in the cinema across from the NEC. I was, I was lucky enough to go with a, a guy called Dave Combe as well. And actually, 
funny enough, uh, we actually went with Ben Robinson from Eagle Moss, <laughs> and John Eves was there as well with his wife, which was really, really cool, actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And Iris Stephen Bear was, was welcoming everybody in um, due to, I know the other premieres, they had some of the cast from Deep Space Nine, but due to uh, contract uh, agreements with DST, they couldn't show up. But it was actually kind of cool because Iris Stephen Bear was really, really a good host and was another gentleman Kai and I'm forgetting one of the other crew and I'm really really sorry for the guys on what uh, we left behind oh that's going to do my nut in but uh, I, it was a fantastic event actually I have to say and plus we got to see it in a nice in a nice cinema so we got to have popcorn and munchies um <laughs> compared oh, yeah, to the nec hall the following oh, day you. you got you can't go to a, <laughs> see a film without having popcorn it's part of the experience isn't it yeah so uh, what you got it was uh, even that they had a lovely big massive poster uh, outside the cinema or outside the screen where it's been shown, and I was lucky enough to get a photograph with Iris Stephen um, that day as well. So that was that was cool. And again, this is all before I even knew it was on the documentary. And Ira was kind of like just being a bit kind of Ira Stevens. He he he's a funny chap, and he, he's a great way about himself. And uh, I kind of now know kind of like what he was kind of giggling at and kind of being a bit. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a, a real surprise, which I, I actually really liked what they did because there was no kind of, um, there was no email, there was no nothing to say that you made the documentary. So obviously people that submitted in their video applications or if they went to the confession boxes that they had set up at Star Trek Las Vegas, you know, they obviously knew that you were a big fan. And chances are that you were going to obviously see it at a premiere or else you were going to get the Backers Edition DVD. And I have to say, it's one of the coolest ways to kind of find out that you've made a documentary is actually just sitting in a cinema with me. The shock horror that you, you, you're on the screen. <laughs> and you're there like, oh! Well, it's a nice surprise or it can be like, oh my God, no, everyone's going to see me. You know, there's, but... there's, that comes after. Yeah. <laughs> there's the way of factor of actually making it, and then there's the way. Of, oh God, I hope I don't say something stupid, or I hope I don't come across too bad. But uh, I was going back looking through <laughs> all the bits and pieces that I sent in, and I, I know initially what what they did was uh, they kind of initially when they were doing the backers stuff, and it was kind of like you could sign up for emails and stuff like that. So they were. Basically, they asked if anyone wants to be part of the documentary. They had a questionnaire. So, I, I'm nearly sure it was seven. I can only find six questions. But I had a look back uh, and the amount of takes that I sent in to kind of put this out. Like, I decided to try and do each question one at a time and then just merge the seven together and send it all in. But I'm just laughing. I've, I, I've got all the takes there. And like I think it was 60 <laughs> takes and some of the questions as well, trying to get to... You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to answer them in one take without forgetting what you kind of wrote down or what you wanted to say in it and make it come across as best as I could. It was it was long and tedious, but, you know, at the end of the day, it was worth it. But uh, some of the questions, that, yeah, the questions that they asked, like, was, uh, like, if you had to convince some, somebody into watching Deep Space Nine, how would you do it, was one question. Um, how did you feel about Deep Space Nine being on the space station? Um, your favorite character and why? Um what effect has binge watching uh, have had on Deep Space Nine? Uh, describing details, likes or dislikes about the show, and what would you've liked to see for season eight? So 
you basically just literally had to send in a video yourself answering those questions, making sure that anything that was displayed was official Star Trek merchandise, which really isn't really too much of a problem for me. And <laughs> even finicky down to the T-shirts, you know what I mean? Um, non-branded T-shirts. And if you did have a T-shirt on, so if it was a Star Trek T-shirt, it had to be licensed. So all above board making sure that Paramount or CBS didn't get upset by you uh, donning your own fashions or trying to flog your own T-shirts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think you know, obviously, I said, like you, Chris, I said, I'm a, a DS9 is my favourite Trek series. So when Simon kind of mentioned that they were doing um, a documentary about it, it was just, that just appealed to me straight away. It was just like, this is going to be amazing. And then Simon let me borrow his... Um, Actually, no, we watched it together, didn't we, Si? I think I was around yours, didn't we? Um, yeah, in the last year. Because yeah. we're doing this a year after it's being released, because I thought that'd be quite a nice thing to go and do. And one thing that came up on social media earlier is we're recording this on, what, the 1st of June, which yeah. happens to be... Um, oh, I can never always get his name wrong. Rene. Rene Rene's birthday. Yeah, his, his birthday. And... Yeah. It's... It, it's... It, it's it's surreal to think that this documentary was done. Like the only person that was really missing from it was Avery. Um, and I don't think Avery is too well, um, not from the lack of participating, but it was nice to get some of his clips from previous documentaries and stuff like that into the documentary. Um, but just it's, it's surreal to the fact that we've lost Aaron and Renee. It's kind so of extra. So, um, Oh, what's the word? I'm forgetting um, words today. Uh, point, Poignancy. Point, yeah. Yeah. It's it 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 just it just really happens so so quick. Um, like it wasn't too long after we lost Aaron, and I have to say, like, um, Aaron, just one of the nicest guys. Like, if anyone met him, yeah, the, the guy just wore his heart on his sleeve. Oh, yeah. Um, so emotional. He was brilliant in the NEC, the Friday night of the documentary, he was like one of the last of the cast to leave. Um, happy enough to stay around, get photographs. Got very emotional as well um, towards the end Just of it. Sort of like lovely a... and down to earth because I met him, or well, I think yeah. we met him at um, FCD some number of years ago. Mm. And he was, yeah, just, he was literally sitting on the table next to where ours was. So it was quite nice just kind of getting his autograph and... I think, I think we had a bit of a, yeah, we had we had a nice chat, and he said he was just a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah, and you know, watching watching that, watching me watching documentary, see, you know, when Rene and Aaron are on, when are, are talking, it was just it it it, it was it was he said it was very emotional. It was quite sad, you know, knowing that they've passed. But you know, particularly Rene, because I think he said, "Oh, my obituary was going to say this," and now he doesn't actually say. Yeah. You know, that bit just really, really resonated with me. Um, and as Simon said, it gives it extra poignancy. It really does. Yeah, because uh, re I rewatched the documentary just there, um, obviously coming on for this podcast. And like like you said there, that's that's exactly what Ryan said. It was just really surreal just to, to hear him say that. And I was lucky enough, uh, there's a group of lads here. Uh, they're called Star Trek Era. And they do every now and again they do events so the, the, the first real cool event they did was uh with terry farrell they had a kind of a lunch and then they had a meet up then 
they had a, a small private lunch for say 25 people and then they had a night with uh, Terry Farris so they do small intimate ones when they get them and they did one with Renee and it, it wasn't a lunch it was just uh, an afternoon we they hired out a local cinema so a small city cinema and Renee was absolutely fantastic and utmost gentleman very very funny loved doing his little artwork so like a lot of us came away that day with like uh, Rene's autograph and like little Rene doodles of Odo going into his bucket, <laughs> which, you know, uh, but like a gentleman and really nice to kind of meet Rene in a small, um, intimate setting. But like, again, it was kind of very, very, it's, it's, it's just amazing that, you know, we've, we've had TNG on for so long. We've like, like even TOS, like we've lost two, you know, but like to think of DS9, you know, to lose two stars, especially Aaron that was so young, and even Rene, um, in such a short space of time has really been a big kind of a wow factor, uh, considering like you know, like TNG, you know, the cast are still fairly okay. I know like there has been deaths in Star Trek and there's lot lots of secondary cast and so forth like that, which is which is always tragic to see anyone pass away. But as I said, like it's just for some of the main characters to, you know, pass. And I know, I think if anyone's met any of the DS9 cast, like you, you, there is a real, real bond with them all. Um, they're great characters, uh, all of them, uh, to me face to face. And let's say it's it's had a heavy toll on their their DS9 family. Yeah, I mean, as, um, you know, Ira said at the end, it's like, well, what we leave behind is, as you say, all those memories and the, and the bond they created over the seven years. And one of the things I, I liked was originally he said he was going to just do it for the actors, but then he just thought, we, we can't just do it for the actors. He said, everyone, everyone contributed to this, everyone behind the scenes, no matter how big or small their role was within the show, they all contributed to what it became. Um, so I like the fact that he, as you say, he expanded, you know, to include, I, I think it was important to do that. Um, and you know, it's just it's just such a wonderfully moving and sometimes sometimes very funny tribute, um, you know. And it just it, it, I said it, it. I mean, literally. I mean, you know, the interactions you see with them, it, it literally feels like they're just like meeting just just for a normal conversation with friends, you know. Um, there's such a, a um, camaraderie. Is that the right word? Camaraderie. Camaraderie, yeah. thank you. See, I'm, I'm terrible with my worst night. It's such a uh, unique camaraderie between them, and it really comes through um, in the documentary. It really does. Absolutely. Um, I think this was a more interesting one because um, uh, Iris Stephen Bear was approached about it. Um, I think William Flatner had decided to step down from doing the documentaries and he has done most of the documentaries and there's nothing wrong with anything that William Shatner did, but they were all kind of done in the same way. And I think Ira agreed to do it, but he wanted to do it in an Ira way. And he was tied to Dave Sapone and he said, uh, yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't have it any other way. So I think that really kind of helped this documentary because like Ira Stephen was the executive producer. He, you know what I mean? Mm. You know, he was always had his hands in the pie from DS9, you know, and I really think that just came across in the documentary. I think we got the right balance of everything in it. We got it from the actors points. We got it from the hate mail that they got. And, 
you know, as you said as well, it wasn't just about the actors. It was like everyone from the background uh, side of it, between makeup, costumes, set designs, um, the acutograms, you know, and there was so much thanks and praise brought out for everybody, which which was great. And I think the humor in the documentary is is brilliant. Um, it's very, very well done. It's, you know, and I think I've watched this documentary now with one or two people now that wouldn't be big Deep Space Nine fans. And they've actually walked away from it. Jeez, that, that was a great documentary. It made me want to go and watch the show, mm. which I found with other Star Trek documentaries going back. You know, a lot of people would tend to, if they weren't into Star Trek, they'd just, you know, up and kind of, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll let you watch this. I'm going to leave the room. So mm. I think I think they did a great job with this documentary. Um, I think, you know, as you were saying at the start, like they, the, they could have had another four hours of the documentary. And I think it was interesting choices that like, you know, Iris, you can see that with Ira Bear that he was so, uh, you know, Iggy Pop was a highlight for him. Oh yeah, just that uh, they, I had yeah. to put that in. Yeah, just <laughs> the likes of trials and tribulations didn't make it in, and so much didn't make it in. And I just think they got the right balance of what they did put in. You know what I mean? This high expectation. I think a lot of us as fans would have expected trials and tribulations somewhere to be in there. A lot of our favorite episodes, like the visitor, um, you know, pale moonlight, and they didn't need. And I think that just shows how strong. The show was that a documentary didn't have to touch on those ep- episodes to bring out the best. I just think it was absolutely well put together. Mm-hmm. It was nice to have the fan interaction as well. Like I said, that, that made my day that I like I managed to get in there. Um, but I, I, I like it, it's very it's probably really it, it's it's very hard for me, you know, to turn around. But like it is my favorite documentary and it's not because I'm in. It. I just think it was just done so, so bloody well. Yeah, and actually, as you mentioned, that the whole um, fan aspect of it, in a way, it was kind of like they showed a really, within that, they showed like a really interesting timeline. So obviously, with the fans, obviously you had, back in the day when it was first shown, as you said, the fan hate mail. People just didn't like it because it was a different iteration of Star Trek, which, you know, it's happened before. It happened when Next Generation first came on. People were like, oh, no, no, we don't want this original series, you know. And and then, you obviously, you come to now with all the said resyndication and the streaming services that are showing it. And you can see the love of the show, how it's, how it's all changed. Yeah, it, it, I, it definitely, since it's come onto Netflix um, and so forth like that, it definitely worked for Deep Space Nine. I think, you know, I said it before, even in the audition tape, like when you say when it was serialized, it was one of the questions that you had to ask, you know, I think season one and two, like you could easily watch an episode or two and walk away from the show. Um, but when you got to season three, um, it's it's kind of like a drug. It kicks in. You, you know what I mean? You watch one episode, then you watch the next episode, and it gets more and more addictive. And it really picked up. And that was Ira. Like, you know, he knew that, like, Deep Space Nine, for it to work, had to go a serialized show as opposed to episodic. And the, the studio really wanted episodic episodes and that's what worked in the time. And it's funny that TV now has literally gone serialized, everything serialized. And I think mm. the great news is kind of like, you know, as, as much as like a lot of us do like serialized TV, you know, now that every show's kind of doing it, it, it was kind of great news when strange new worlds got announced that, you know, that's going to episodic, which is kind of like, you're like, Oh, you know what? I want something that, 
episodic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think DS9, obviously, of, it, of its time, it was very daring. And I think, actually, it's aged well, as you say. Um, but, you know, I think w- what what's quite nice about DS9, and what I would love for them to do with, with Strange New Worlds is, do a, why not do a mixture of both? Do a bit of episodic, but of a longer-running story arc. Mm. Have a mixture of both. Yeah, which could work. But yeah. um, I was I was laughing as well, because, like, Iris... Ira had to really push to get his own ways and stuff like that. And he was he was breaking them all within and Rick Burnham, you know, was able to, you know, gave gave in to Ira. But it was funny there during the, the week I seen on Twitter that Brian Fuller um with Voyager was trying to uh get the year of hell was meant to be all of season oh, four. Yeah. So you know, you know, obviously I'd say Rick Burnham must have went, Oh, here we go again. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> The network wants episodic. It has to be episodic. So, you know what I mean? Voyager's loss was Deep Space Nine's gain. You know, I'd, I'd say it's very hard to say. You know, I think Rick Berman, looking back at the time, he made that decision. Um, he took a chance on Deep Space Nine. And h- how would you know years later that that would pay it off? Would Voyager, a year to hell, a whole season story arc have worked? I think it would have been brilliant. Uh, oh, to be yeah. honest, which I think it would have been absolutely fantastic. But you can actually see from his point of view, yeah, would they could they have lost fans? And pro- probably at the time they would have. But if we looked back now and have have the likes of Netflix and streaming services, I'd tell you one thing now is Voyager season four would have been epic to, to you know, sit down and watch the whole thing um from start to finish. But uh yeah, no, Deep Space Nine really I think just constraint on the document documentary and just the whole serialization of it it really worked like the dominion being mentioned uh in season one with quark um all about chula berries which was absolutely fantastic like when you go back and you're re-watching it it's like jesus the dominion were mentioned in season one you yeah. know it just it, it it's brilliant and the fact that the dominion were made up on the three characters you know the gemini the vorta and um the founders, which you know, again worked even better. Again, it was completely new, um, something that we hadn't seen before on Star Trek, um, which was really cool. And then we also got Section Thirty One from Deep Space Nine, and the Section Thirty One like is getting its own show now, um, and it, and it was used in a JJ movie. So they they came up with great great storylines, and like even the I think some of the favorite episodes I, I always I like. The some of the episodic uh, episodes, which were great, were the Ferengi ones. Um, just that light sense of humor, just to give them their own. And I think you could nearly bank on to be a Ferengi, Ferengi episode. I think from season three, I think it was nearly every season they they gave at least one Ferengi episode. Yeah, and, and I think the, you know I, I, you needed that those kind of episodes sometimes. I think. Yeah, and and it did great. Uh, and, and I think another thing about Deep Space Nine that you can look back on and love, and I think. It was just more the character development in a different way. It was more D69 became kind of like it felt like a space station. It felt like it was a hub. Um, mm. The way they used the secondary characters so well. It wasn't what we've seen before with TOS based on the tree to TNG based on six, seven main characters. D Space Nine started with their main but opened up and the correct way, you know what I mean? It's based on the big space station. That's what you wanted to, you know, I think it felt more realistic. Um, And they just did so well with, with their secondary characters like Rom, Nog, like Nog's character, 
developed so well. Um, Garrick, um, Ducat, uh, Win, you know, all absolutely fantastic. Um, it's just really, really well done. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I said, I've, I've always liked DS9 because it said it's the more darker, gritty, gritty kind of track. And it's, as I was saying in the documentary, the, the amount of characters they had, and they, they were able to get away with an awful lot. They really were able to get away with an awful lot of stuff they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Um, you know, in terms of kind of the kind of, you know, I said things like, as you said, Prime Directive, essentially, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't really around much, was it really? It was kind of, as you say, and all the kind of conflicts that they had with each other, like the main characters not getting on and, um, you know, just, as you say, it was just, it, it pushed the boundaries. Yeah, I think with, I think the smart thing that they did to kind of get away from some of Gene's rules, because Gene hadn't, had only passed away and the interesting thing was it was a space station and plus as well you had kind of Bajorans on the space station they weren't part of the Federation and then you had the likes of the Ferengi you had you know we, you weren't dealing with just the Starfleet crew and Gene's rule would have mainly applied to everyone like if you're Starfleet everyone gets on but the interesting thing about that was we've seen that O'Brien <laughs> didn't take too kindly to Bashir at the start and like most of the crew didn't which was yeah. kind of going against Gene's fundamental you know humans at this point everyone gets on great yeah Cisco and Kira bite heads as well did they as well yeah and it worked simply because it wasn't just all a Starfleet crew which I th- thought was a clever way to get around what Gene wanted and I think once they started getting away with those bits and pieces, I think Ira was able to keep pushing Rick Berman. Mm. I think as like uh, Rick Berman, like kind of said that like he carried Gene's symbiote. And I know going back to another documentary, I think uh, Rick Berman in his office had a bust of Gene Roddenberry. And I think it was very like anyone that was going in and pitching ideas and the whole lot, they you know, he'd always turn around and look at Gene's bust and say, no, Gene wouldn't approve of that. And he was kind of very much tried to stick to Gene's visions. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I could be wrong in saying this, and please do do correct me otherwise. Didn't actually, didn't Gene actually grin like this? Not did he actually give his permission for it anyway before he passed? Um, yeah, I, t- I think so. Um, it was green lit, all right. Um, I can't fully remember. I know that Gene had kind of Gene, oh, it would have been approved by Gene because Gene passed away. Was this season five, six of TNG? So DS9 was aired, so he would have, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you knew about the actual premise or all did like the. I don't know if you knew about the kind of the conflict aspects of it. I've got no idea, but I'll, I'll just vaguely remember hearing that somewhere that he did actually get the go ahead for it anyway. Yeah. Cause I think Gene kind of got more withdrawn around season three of Star Trek, the next generation. And that was due to ill health. So I'm sure he would have been aware that there was another Star Trek show coming on. It was deep space nine. Um, but how much he knew or what he knew at the time, I, you know, um, I've done a quick search. Ooh, lovely. Because I am still here, by the way. Not that I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. I just realised we're, we're taking over the entire conversation. <laughs> sorry. Um, 
I can speak about Deep Space Nine, and the answer is no. He saw some initial scripts from Berman, and according to the latter, he approved of it, though he voiced the, voiced the concern if a show about a space station will work. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we wanted here. Yeah, that's oh, that's I what I was kind so. of thinking. Um, and funny enough, I think the way that the... <laughs> You know, I think that was very much, I think Ira covered that with, you know what I mean? I think there's one clip in the documentary where they show all the starships blasting off into space and all the action <laughs> shots. And then they just do the, the Deep Space Nine music and the station spinning around, kind of like corny kind of uh, carnival music. With oh, Space yeah. Nine, which, <laughs> you know what I mean? But they made it work. I think the, the, the set, and I think one, it was a Cardassian sta- station. I think just the design of Deep Space Nine, it's, it's probably one of my favorite um, designs for the show. I think the promenade, the sets, everything about it was just, it was alien. It was, you know, it just, it was fantastic looking, you know. Um, it's still very, very powerful. Um and it was great then as well that we got to the find, you know what I mean? That just gave the the show the, the bite that it needed. What about you, Sol? What are your what are your thoughts <laughs> on the documentary rewatching it? Um <laughs> I loved it. It's probably my favourite Star Trek documentary. It's probably a bit of a shock for you, Jamie, if I'm honest. Oh. Um because all the other ones, as Chris was saying earlier, are all a bit flat. All a bit flat. I think that's what I was saying about um Um Spock one. Um, oh, for the love of, for the love of Spock. That one. You know, I was sort of saying, oh, it's a bit flat. This one's got life, because Iris even shoved it with life as much as he could. Mm. And I think with Deep Space Nine, it worked so well, but it was a, it was like two decades too early, which is why it was dead flat when it launched. And then the whole world had to catch up to its writing and all that sort of things. Like like you're saying, because it had to yeah. you know, it's serialised. And, you know, it wasn't for another, what, 10, 15 years before that was the mainstream. So that's when everyone, including myself, I'll put myself in there because I hated it when it first came out. But then by the time we started this thing, I then went, actually, it's not half that bad. Just like everyone else went, oh, crap, missed that. I like that now. (laughs) <laughs> I remember, uh, like, I, I was lucky. I was at the right age for Deep Space Nine, so I followed it all the way through. And like, by Jesus, when I got to season five, you would, you'd nearly bite your arm off if you missed an episode. Um, and then I can remember at the time as well when it went off, say the Dominion War, and say did a standalone episode, so it's a like friendly episode where you'd finally cheer up halfway through it but you were just annoyed that they just broke from the story arc. You wanted to find out more. So you're living each week to find out, you know, what happened next in the war. And it, it was, it was great viewing. It was just, I remember I was in college in that loan, I think for season six or maybe it was season seven, I think, but I think it was nearly sure it was season six and myself and this one guy, you know, I mean, no matter where we'd always race into the house. I think it was about quarter to seven. The two of us would get the kettle on, get a cup of coffee. We, we now we were the, the two that would be rarely ever in the house, but every Monday I think it was whatever day it was on Sky. I think it was every Monday around half seven or qu- quarter to eight, whatever time it aired, we were there <laughs> and we took over the TV. We say, look, it's one hour of the TV we want the week. Get out, and Old we watched it. Telly. So, oh, we had to be there at that time. Or... That's, that was that, it for a week. Right? But you, you could see, you know what I mean. You could definitely see the points where. At that stage that, 
you know, that was the fear because I think with the next generation, you could, you know, you didn't have to, you, you know, you, you never really had to worry about missing an episode um, at the time. Like, it's great now as well, like, to go back and watch all the episodes, you know, one after the other. And if you're lucky, you might find one that you missed. It hasn't happened to me, unfortunately. But, you know, I, I know with other series uh, going back and, you know, the advantage of seeing them on Netflix and then you go, oh, Jesus, you know, how did I miss this episode? Um, obviously not Star Trek for me, but it'd be something else. And he's like, geez, I missed I miss that episode. It's like, whoa, this is cool. I'm, I'm seeing something new for the first time. But uh, just, uh, oh, it, it just, it was fantastic at the time. Um, going on with The Love of Spock, I, I, I liked The Love of Spock in a different way. It was done by uh, Adam Nimoy. And again, I think it was just the closeness that Adam had with his dad. Um, it was a different kind of doc- documentary. It wasn't upbeat or fun as uh, what what uh, what we left behind. But um, you know, I think I think that was the tone of pace. It was celebrating Leonard Nimoy's uh, yeah. life, and I just with that documentary as well, it worked in the sense it was more of a personal touch. Whereas the other documentaries, like I completely agree with you, Simon. It's, it's just they have this different kind of a different way about yeah. them I, I know i know it's, it's it's kind of apples and oranges but you know I, I i just love it because the other thing they also do in this thing that they don't really do in any other ones they also talk about ne- negative they also, yes. also talk about very difficult situations that came up and go nope didn't do that sorry terry farrell for what happened sorry for this thing oh we tried with that thing we didn't succeed with it hands up yeah they didn't sugarcoat stuff they yeah. addressed like it was nice to see the Terry Farrell thing come up because, you know, I, I was good when Terry left Deep Space Nine. Um, I just thought she was a fantastic character. And, you know, it, I, I think she's fairly over it. She's like really such a fantastic woman. Um, you know, I've met her a couple of times now and I think she, she's just great. And she just has this positive energy about herself. And I think any of the fans that know her, can relate to that um and it was sad you know but it was good to see it addressed in the documentary it wasn't just swept under the carpet and yeah. just no we're not going to touch that it was great as well when they with wharf coming on the show you know they weren't scared to, to bring that one up you know because we, we we know these things have happened before it's like it, it happened in tng it's happened in voyager and you know these things aren't really talked about or touched on too much you know and they they just addressed them which i think made the documentary more realistic um you know what i mean we we could it'd be interesting to see one done in that kind of a style for the, the next generation um you know what i mean like would we find out more about the pulaski what happened with her how did the crew feel when gates left the show initially you know even in voyager with the whole seven or nine and uh janeway uh situation there but the the gas thing is like when you look at Voyager, like seven and nine and Janeway worked really, really well, <laughs> even though the actors mightn't have been too fond of it at the time. And I know Chakotay, the the actor that played him as well, felt that he kind of lost a lot of his lines and stuff like that. So it'd be interesting to see what other documentaries, if they covered TNG and Voyager, would they touch upon those incidences? Yeah. Um, but again, I think it was more down to, you know, we had the guy that was literally in charge of the show um, doing this documentary, which worked. 
You know what I mean? He kind of lived through it all. And, you know, he kind of covered, I think, he covered everything fairly, fairly well. Um, I don't think there was much that, like, I don't think there was anything really they could have added in. Like, you, 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 I know some of us fans would say, oh, look, if it was a four or five hour documentary, yeah, cool. But like, realistically, who's going to sit down for four, four and a half, five hours and watch a documentary? Yeah. It's it's a hard ask, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, you could do it in two or three volumes, maybe. But, you know, I think I think what they did and what they came out with was, was perfect. And they touched on what people wanted to I, I, like to be honest with you, I, I was very shocked that they brought the war thing in. I liked the honesty of Colomini when he turned around and said, like, you know, he was ignorant. Um, he was just delighted to see Michael Dorn on the set. It was great to see Michael Dorn turn around and say, you know, he was actually worried about stepping on people's toes. Um, and Nana, you know, turned around saying, Jesus, I, like, I could be making coffee here, mm-hmm. um, which which is great to see, you know. And um, yeah. It's Armin Shimmerman thing. said he hated it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which was, you know, it's you just know, honesty. Yeah, and as you say, it's a, and like um, when they were going through the list of um, things covering the show, different themes, like I, was, like I think it was when it was like sexual identity, and, and I was like, no, we we didn't quite cover that as well as we could have done. Like, so I put a question mark on it. It's like, as you say, it, you know. It's it's a very brave thing to do to as I said admit your own shortcomings, admit when oh uh, you know when mistakes did happen or well, we could have done this better or we, we maybe we should have done that or something like that. So I think it's a very brave thing to do and admit. But as you say, it gives that it gives um, the documentary a real sense of or not so on, honesty and authenticity yeah. um, as well. Um, you know and. Yeah, because obviously not everything was going to go perfectly. There's always going to be times where mistakes happen. It's all, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it is what it is. Um, and, you know, to admit that, as you say, you know, it's, it's a brave thing to do. Absolutely. And, like, I liked the way that Ira was pitching the idea of Garrick being gay, but, like, not that Bashir was gay. Um, and to me that would have been absolutely fun. like it would have been interesting to see you know what i mean that like mm. garrick openly admitting to bashir that he fancies him and seeing the relationship would have been cool you know so you have a guy that's gay that has kind of confessed that he finds a friend attractive but yet they still have a friendship and i think mm. that would have been very very powerful and very very ahead of its time like it's very easy to say like we'll just cast two gay characters, and you know we're we're gonna appease to the gay community. But like, you know, that's been done now quite a lot, and that's great. But let's, you know, it would have been more interesting to tap something that you don't really see on TV is where a character is gay and fancies another character, mm, and uh, yeah, but, yeah, and and that character doesn't fancy them back. But it's you know there's a friendship there, and that would have been cool to see. I think, and I think Ira was really, really very ahead, like very you know smart, smart thinking on his part, and it would have been really interesting to see that covered. Yeah, I mean, and if I did, I said if you and if you did have that relationship between them, you know, if they were a couple, then you know all the secrets and stuff that you know that Garrick was always saying half truths now. I mean it would have re- it would have really impacted on that relationship even more. Oh <laughs> you know, we're together and you're keeping secrets from me. 
that's you know. that's that, that's another cool thing that definitely could have happened. But uh, moving on to actually one of the things that we have been kind of passing by the documentary was the pitch for season mm-hmm. eight as well. And I think this was a cool insight and a nice intrigue, you know what I mean, to actually see how they come up with storylines. And I just mm-hmm. thought like the season eight episode one idea was absolutely fantastic. And it was kind of a joy to watch the writers in the room coming up with how they put together an episode. Yeah. Which to me, you know, it's what you want to see as a fan from any Star Trek show, any any show that you're really big into, like any fan. It's right, to see how, how exactly. Yeah. And I think it was absolutely fantastic. I, I love the pitch for season eight. <laughs> you know, it's just a shame that we would never get to see it. I know. It. I, was, I mean, I literally watched when I was watching it. So I just, I mean, you remember me, So I was like, oh my God, this just looks, it's amazing. It was just, just the idea was just, it, I was gripped straight away. I was like, I want to know more. <laughs> you know. <clears throat> I, I thought it was a great addition to the documentary. As I say, that's what gave it more life. And I think that maybe it wouldn't be, I think it would be cool if it was probably not live action, but if it was in that animation style, I think. It could be doable. Yeah, I, they, they, I, I wouldn't say no to that at all. Like, you know, the CD Space Nine continued on, on another way would be fairly, fairly cool. Um, it it would be great. Um, no complaints. Yeah, have to see it. There's there's so much in the pipeline at the moment for Star Trek. It's just you know it's it, it's it, it's a you know I think Discovery's been doing brilliant. Um, I'm really looking forward to season three Discovery. Uh. We had Picard. Uh, Picard was good. It, it could have been better. Yes, it could have. But, you know, with the season one of a show, yes, we had John Luke Picard. He's go- he's coming back. But, you know, I mean, it's very, very hard to kind of you have to warm to new characters and so forth like that. And I do think that the crew uh, are very, very good. So I'm looking forward to a season two with them. I think I think it will be stronger than season one. But uh, Discovery for me now at the moment, I'm just like sitting and waiting and waiting and waiting for season three <laughs> to kick off because... They just got it to such a, a strong place. And now with Strange New Worlds coming on, we have a Section 31 show, with the Nickelodeon show, with Lower Decks. Wow. <laughs> Not so much Star Trek. Season 2 short treks. The Season 2 short treks, which, you know, I've been <laughs> trying to say, Jesus Christ, will you drop them on Netflix, please, and get it yeah. over and done with? You know, we're still waiting on them. So <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's frustrating. They'll, put, on. They'll, release, they'll release them a day before Season 3 comes out. Yeah. Or else we can buy the DVD box out of season two when I believe they're on that. <laughs> I think I need a tattoo with kind of where is it? Like where is the short treks? I think I need a like tattoo or something that like, a hat with it on at this rate. Like... It, yeah, the 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 short treks would be nice to kind of like at the moment, even if they were just dropped once a week while we're waiting for season three. Uh, <laughs> Discovery to hit the airs would be nice. Uh, just a little nibble. Um, while we're waiting on Trek. But hopefully it won't be too too long. I'm glad they're taking their time because I think like with Picard, you could kind of clearly see towards the end it was rushed um, to get it out. Um, and I'm always, for one, I'd rather wait and see things done right. And I think as well with the documentary, the DCS9 documentary, they took so long. Like it kept on being stretched out longer and longer and longer. And for what we got was absolutely perfect. And I think the, the other side with the DCS9 documentary going back to it is just the love from the fans and it's it's hard to believe that uh you know in such a short space of time they hit their targets uh which was unreal um 
you know, just to see support for a show that was like twenty over twenty years old at the time, and everyone just whacking in, um, yeah, signing up for the DVD, signing up for the pins, getting the T-shirts, and I think they were overwhelmed with the response. It's it's a show that is definitely aged well. Yes, you know, uh, it's you know it'd be interesting to see now with the other shows like Wood, how well they do for. A, a backers project to do a documentary similar in that style it'd be very very interesting to see how that would go um but like deep space nine they just really i, I like i was overwhelmed like i i thought they'd do well i didn't think they'd really knock it home like that they went over the amount so they were able to do so much more with the documentary which was which was brilliant and it actually sh- showed up uh face value can I open up another aspect we haven't spoken about, which is going to be a can of worms and I'm going to let you two talk away. Go on. The fact of the remastered footage. Yes. Because I got oh, the remastered I, footage I, done. I was just watching that again today and <laughs> Jesus, it, like even looking at Deep Space Nine herself, it's just, whoa. <laughs> uh, remastered Deep Space Nine would be absolutely fantastic. I, oh, I like yeah. Um, remastered Voyager would be fantastic. Um, again, I, it, it's a funny one. Like, I can't understand. Um, you know, with so much Star Trek coming on, and yeah, you've like TNG was the only one that got remastered. Um, in fairness, like the original got remastered, yeah, it got remastered for its 40th anniversary. So, you know, okay, the original series had to wait 40 years, but I can't understand, like, you know, you have D Space Nine, you have Voyager, bloody hell, remaster them, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, particularly. You know, what, be- what better way, sitting down and watching Netflix while you're waiting for Discovery uh, Season 3, would be watching D Space Nine Season 1 remastered. Yeah, and then particular. you know it's done season by season, and then you you go into space spells. <laughs> yeah, but then you have Voyager then remastered, and it's like for a lot of fans, it'd be like rewatching, you know. And you can clearly see the difference. It's 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 really incredible, and there was a lot of hard work to do with it. And I know that that they said that, you know what I mean? There's there's a high cost involved in it as well, um. But it, it was well worth it. So. I've I've been a, a fan of you know DS9 getting remastered and Voyager getting remastered. I think you know like do it please. You know what I mean. Uh, I remember for the 40th anniversary of TOS, I thought it was a brave project. I thought it was very very good, and I eagerly awaited each episode to drop. They were showing them in the states at the time, and they were kind of it, it was being networked on one of the network TV stations, and they were literally dropping an episode. So it wasn't like you know a complete bomb of season one TOS. It was like specific episodes that they were doing. So like they were picking, I think the best episodes, um, especially ones with a lot of space battles and stuff like that. So I remember the one that I was waiting for, for a bit was, was the doomsday one, which was absolutely fantastic. So, um, Simon's favorite episode, but like, but like all Star Trek, Star Trek fans, like there's some Star Trek fans that do not like the remastered Star Trek, which is, you know what I mean? doesn't surprise me. That's, that's the way all of us Star Trek fans are. We all have our little gripes about 
out something. Yeah, so you know I, I mean, it's it's we're all guilty of it. You know what I mean? Um, but it's it's funny. You know what I mean? And like I, I know, like I like doing ship modeling and so forth, like that. So, like I I, I built a one three fifty Enterprise, and mine is like smooth surface. It doesn't have any grid lines. It's you know what I mean? It's trying to go back to more original than remastered. But I love the remastered TOS as well at the same time. I just think the effects were fantastic. And then, like, if you go to the likes of Trials and Tribulations, the Enterprise looked absolutely fantastic in it. You know what I mean? Just like, whoa. That's the thing. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, people are, certain people are comfortable with old formats. So whether it's, as you said, whether it's being standard definition or if you're talking about in terms of episodic or uh, serialized, everyone's got that kind of thing that they're comfortable and familiar with, and some people don't want it to change. And that, that, that's fair enough. If you don't like the remastered or whatever, that that's fair enough. I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. When, when I first um, go back to it, saying about season six, when the when the um, <laughs> Dominion took over DS9, if that was next gen, the DS9 crew would have got that back within the next episode. Yeah, there's, there's, there's be no <laughs> doubt there. But when I was watching it, it's like, oh, they're actually going to keep it for a while. Well, this is different. Yeah. And it took, what was it, six episodes for them to get it back? Yeah. And that was like, you know, that was the, the cool part of when you were watching it weekly, you know what I mean? And that's where you'd hate if you missed an episode, but it was really like, oh, are they ever going to take back the station? Well, yeah. It was, I mean, I think when I was first watching, I think I said to Simon, I actually thought at, at one point, I thought the Dominion are going to win this war. I honestly thought that. You know. funny, funny enough, when, you, when you're talking like that, I remember definitely going, are the Dominion actually going to win this war? Mm. Which was really, really... And that's good story writing. And I think that's one of the, the great things that they did. But like as, as you said, like for people that like remastered uh, or like the original version, no one's right. You know what I mean? But I do think with technology these days and like people have 4K TVs, you know, it'd be nice to have the choice. And like I do like what you call I like I got the 50th anniversary of uh, the original series, and I do like that what you call it. You have the option that you can actually watch an episode in its original format, or you can watch it uh, remastered, which which is cool. You know what I mean? And yeah, just remaster stuff and let let let's put it on a 4K TV and let's enjoy the battle scenes and like imagine Voyager uh, Year of Hell in 4K. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I want it now. Remastered DS9 and Voyager. Remastered them. Yeah. Uh, I've become an advocate now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anything else we wanted to mention in regards to the uh, documentary then? I'm fairly happy with what what I've covered, unless there's (laughs) any questions you want to ask, fire away. I haven't got any. Oh, sorry, you broke up that. You, you broke up there for a second, Chris. Um, no, I'm happy enough with what we've covered, unless there's anything that you want to ask. Um, I don't think there is, actually. I think we've covered things. But I mean, what about some of the special features? Um, did you watch that when you were re-watching it? Some of the bonus uh, stuff? Oh, I haven't. I didn't watch that in the re- retake. I have seen them. Uh, I'd have to be refreshed on them. Um. Take it away, Sorry. I watch some of them. I won't say I watch all of them, but I watch some of them. So I'm now coming into play because I watch some of them, and it seems that Jamie and Chris didn't, so they're now... Oh, I, I, I watched them. I just... Uh, you, you, as soon as you start talking, Simon, I'll, it'll come back to me. <laughs> well, I think what's quite nice is it's kind of... You have the documentary, but it's like... 
you know, the, you know, you're kind of going, oh, you know, oh, there's the, you know, we wanted it longer. Well, the extra features are kind of the extended version because you do have more fan um, confessionals in there, including one by uh, Dan Dave Davison from the Trek Geeks. So that's quite cool. And then you've got um, deleted scenes, which is also quite cool. And that goes on forever. I was sat there for, I think, about an hour watching them all. <laughs> I, I, I liked now I have the backers DVD I don't know which one that you have is the backers same here same here yeah, yeah. yeah. so um, yeah I liked I liked the way it was all presented as well um, and the extras which which is really really cool um, enjoyable to say the least and it is nice to see the other bits and pieces of fans that you know you didn't see in the documentary but they're thrown in there as well so it, it great great extras you know um it it's just well well put together. It's 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 a nice package. And there was a, I think there's a the a full sequence of the writers' room, which is a really I think that's a cool thing. So that's another like, forty minute yep. extra. So that's a nice little behind the scenes of what you've already seen. And it, the list just went on. It really does go on of what what you can watch. And I think oh I wonder. If, and what I found out recently is if you weren't able to get it. As a perk, there is a way you can get it online because there's been a bit of a thing of how on earth you can get it because mm. it's a bit tricky over here in the UK and over in Ireland and all that sort of thing where you can get it from. But I recently did a bit of searching because we, we were doing uh, Reddit recently and very convoluted way. I then led on to William Shatner's store, and if you go on there, um, the backers edition is available on his website. Wow, William Shatner, and it's the first documentary that he hasn't actually done. It's, it's, <laughs> it's available on his website. So wow. if you want to get hold of the backers edition of your own, with no strings attached, that's where you go. <laughs> that's actually because someone was actually in contact with me asking about, and I forgot to get back to them. So that's a handy one to know, because I know it is actually quite difficult to actually get your hands on that documentary over here. It's, it's kind of strange that it hasn't, kind of dropped on netflix or amazon um which would be very very cool for that to happen soon um i think it's it's well overdue like as like it was a fan back project um any of the fans would have you know got their backers edition by now but there is people out there that, that, that are looking to see the documentary and it'd be great for them to see it you know yeah um, I mean, you know if you guys are listening and you haven't watched it yet and you're wondering oh is it worth it well glass now reviews it definitely is and now you yeah. know where you can find it yeah when we'll try and put a link in the um blurb that yeah that thing yeah <laughs> <laughs> that thing but go to William Shatner's site and it's on there. You can't miss it. It's in the Starship bit. I, I just stumbled across it and went, huh, that's, that's, didn't imagine that happening. And it's just like, because <laughs> there is murmurings around the Starship community of where on earth do you get it from? And I, I found that and she went, there you do. I, I know nothing about shipping. I don't know anything about that because I'm all right. Jamie <laughs> might know. Jamie might order it, but I don't know. But I... if, it's the only way you can get it. Wow. Uh, I remember one of the cool things as well is that after they did premieres around, they did actually put it, if you were a backer, you could actually watch it live. Well, you could stream it for a window. I think you had seven days to watch it, which was kind of cool as well, actually, before it was released on DVD, which was a nice perk, you know, being able to log in. And I know what I think 
there was a good few in the community actually though you know what i mean as soon as it became live we were all like jumping on to watch it <laughs> even though we had already seen it but um yeah th- that was kind of groundbreaking as well so how fairly perks, fairly cool how many perks did you get chris i got a few um <laughs> i got i did the name and credits um got the dvd got the poster and got the fan set pins the full collection which are fairly fairly neat and then i uh, did the hd hero as well um the backer pin um i didn't go too much i just did the 50 euro just to help to get a scene turned to hd which was fairly cool so yeah a few a few bits and pieces i backed so delighted that i did that i think i've got the quark t-shirt i got pins obviously I forgot my Garrick t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> the Quark t-shirt was really, really cool. I would only go for one, and I love the Garrick one as well, and the Quark one is fantastic. I just saw it and just thought, oh, going to be hilarious, just kind of wearing it, and I'm going to wear that when we get to our Fringy episode, I think, when we do a Fringy episode. Oh, yeah, you, you have to. Um, the, what you call it? You, there was also the, the Kira t-shirt as well, which is really, really cool. And the funny thing is, I, I did a tour of Paramount Studios uh, when the documentary was being, like, the, the documentary was being made, I didn't realise they were actually working in Paramount Studios. And it happened to be just walking by Adam Nimoy's office. And uh, I was wearing my Garrick t-shirt. And with that, I was invited into I, Iris Stevens's office, because Adam had left the production at the time, so it was now Iris. So the guys invited us in. Now, I didn't even know I was in the documentary at the time, but myself and another bloke uh, were invited into the office. So we gate-crashed Iris Stevens's office, and we seen actually where they were working. So it was a small little tiny room, um, literally, where it, like, fairly small, actually, Um you know, where they were working on the documentary, which was very, very cool, but got to meet the guy that designed the T-shirts and what a talented talent bloke. He's the guy that I just cannot remember. Jerry is coming to mind, but I think Jerry's wrong. I feel so bad, but uh, he did the designs for the, uh, the T-shirts and a lot of the perks, and he was absolutely fantastic. You know what I mean? I think I'd say you're very proud of your Quark T-shirt. Yeah. Simon, yeah. Is it, is it Kai? I think I've got Kai in my head. Kai, uh, it's three barreled name, but I feel like Kai, that. it's it's the other one. Uh, I mentioned Kai, um, Kai sound lovely, lovely person. Um, I'm trying to actually, I don't know if I can find it. Kai and I, oh, one of those that you just kind of go mind blank and you you feel bad. Gotta feel really bad now about this. <laughs> I swear, we could, um. IMDB comes in handy, which I'm just trying to look through, but it's an awful lot of names. Yes, I'd imagine so. Um... Entertain yourselves, people. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to hear a lot of, lot, lot of keyboard tapping and clicking. So is this the guy that did all the perks then? You're trying to find his He name? did the t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, and the really, really cool... Um, cool designs and i think a lot of people that, that got the design were really 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 happy that, that they got them so yeah there's an email there and i can't find out i think this is going to be a tough one to <laughs> yeah <laughs> i wouldn't even mind i was i, I was introduced I, I spoke to a really really cool fella at a dst so that's kind of a little bit upsetting <laughs> 
you know what happened, don't you? You'll remember once this episode oh, it, over, oh, it goes. It, it, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like it's like everything. You know, the minute you, you you stop, you go, oh Christ, that's 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 the name. That's who it is. Oh, damn it. Can't say it. The episode's over now. <laughs> Robert Hewitt Wolf. Rene Chavrier. I can never say his name either. Um, I'm looking. I just don't know. Any other names there, Si? Uh, I can keep looking. I think we're not going to find it. <laughs> nah, nah, just <laughs> the same, but. <laughs> Fairly talented, lovely guy, um, <laughs> fantastic. I have to say, um, you know, and it was great to actually meet him. Um, and it's great as well when you see somebody proud of their work, um, which was really, really cool. It's actually really, really cool. To actually, meet the guy that designed the t-shirt as well. I think he did great work. Uh, he also did the the posters as well with the fan backers' names in them and stuff like that. So you know, really, really cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I I thought that the fan poster with, with everyone's names again was a really really cool thing to do. So yeah, hats off. Luke Snowham, Kai D. Mello Fossum, Joseph Cornbrook. I don't know that name. And David of the poem. Never ask a dyslexic person to read out surnames. That's why I don't do it on the podcast. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm dyslexic as well. So, yeah, it, it's a... Any of those names <laughs> it can be a struggle. Um, Zappone is the director or producer. Um, was it Luke, was it, that you mentioned? It's, it's in there. That's the uh, page I found. This is fun. This is fun. You should find the name. A challenge for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's some editing for you to do. <laughs> um, it could have been Luke. Um, so I'm trying to bring up the link myself. Why <laughs> super, super be left out? Super slow computer. But it's it's just an incredible documentary. It really is just. Yeah, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised that it's your favourite. I didn't actually know that. I haven't seen them all, but that's the one I, I like the most out of all of them. It's just such a fun mm. one to watch. And, you know, just have that I helped helped produce it. My name is in the credits as well. It's, all, it's just quite a cool thing to go, look, there I am. Look. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the fun part as well for a lot of people. Well, there's that, um, yeah, there's that as well. <laughs> Um, lots of fun part for uh, lots of people when they're going back and looking through and trying to find their names, which is really, really cool. It is helpful, minds and see, so I don't actually have to look for long. <laughs> you say yours, yeah, because yours is at like the end of the row or something. It's so like it stands out like a mile. Like, oh, there I am. Look, there I am. Look. Yeah, I'm at, I'm at like <laughs> the end of a line, and I'm like. Like five from the end of the seas, so I'm quite like I'm crazy spot. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just yeah, I, I say I mean, you can't go wrong with fancy pins. They're they're lovely. I also got the um, day one uh, pin as well, so I'm quite that. I missed it. I missed out on that by <laughs> two hours. And I actually have a friend that said he was actually going to pass me on one. So uh, hopefully he still has that nice and safe for us. But yeah, I, I was good that I missed it. Uh, so quick. Um, 
you know what I mean? It, I, like I, I got, I think I was working that day or whatever. And, you know, by the time I got on, I missed out by an hour. <laughs> so nice, nice pin to have. It's a, it's a really nice uh, backers pin to have for the first 24 hours, which was, again, I think it was a really nice kind of thing that they did. A nice perk. I think so. It's just, it's a nice addition that just kind of, not many people will have. So it's just quite a nice extra kind of, I got that as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think it's safe to say real though that we 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 love the documentary. I think it's really well done and put together. Um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, for whatever reason, then we really do recommend watching it, including not just to said the main documentary, but also the uh, the special features that come with it. Absolutely, yeah, definitely worth. Uh, like anyone that was kind of a fan of DSS Nine, if you haven't seen, it, I don't know where you've oh, been for the last yeah, little while. Yeah, I was going to say, particularly if you like love DSS like we do, you'll definitely will love it. It's you said that to me, didn't you, Sai? Oh, oh yeah, but Sai, it's like yeah. I'm a next gen fan and I love it, so you can't go wrong. Yeah. So um yeah, was there anything else you wanted to mention in regards to the documentary or No, I'm kinda happy enough. I, I think I, yeah. I, I I I think I covered what you wanted and <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we've done a pretty good job. Um well on that basis, Chris, then where can people find you? Um, you can follow me on Twitter, uh, the Trek Collector, um, or you can catch me on Facebook, but more more so Twitter and YouTube as well. I've YouTube channel where I do a few bits and pieces of reviews, and then I also do a podcast with uh, Damien the Irish Trekkie and Linda Hen in Hat. Uh, three of us uh, big Irish Star Trek fans and we do a podcast the Nerd Escape podcast so uh, yeah we tend to be doing them every once or two weeks we have a new podcast should be airing soon actually it's an interesting one we picked our fantasy dream cast of Strange New Worlds all the, the roles that weren't fulfilled obviously we're leaving Captain Pike number one and Spock as is so uh, yeah that was a kind of a fun one that we uh we we did just there yesterday. I think we recorded, so that should be coming out soon. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, what 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 um, I'll do is obviously make sure to include as many of what you, much what you mentioned, all those links. I'm trying to include as many as I can in there in our blurb as well for you. Perfect. But That's very very good. Definitely. And I think it's it's Joseph. Yes, it's it's Joseph. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah. I was doing my head in. Uh, to finish. <laughs> and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his surname, but uh, Joseph. And he, he was the guy that did the T-shirt and so forth. Like a really, really sound guy. Um, a funny, 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 funny guy. Um, but like they were all really, really great as well. And actually meeting them uh, DST after seeing the documentary was really, really cool as well. So, well, we got there eventually. Exactly. Yeah, just before we end perfect time <laughs> as well. So there you go. I definitely go and recommend uh, Chris's five minute reviews of Starship because they're wonderful. They really Thank are you. a good watch, and you know, I I do sit there on a day and just kind of, kind of, watch some plenty of ship videos on. Yeah. There's, there's, there's lots out there. Oh, there is. Damien, yeah. the ecology guys. I'm kind of. Well covered. Yeah, Dave and Sven are very, very cool guys as well. Uh, Damien's great, great skin as well. So yeah, I, I'm liking the five minute format. I think it's just different and it's short and sweet. <laughs> I love. It. I say it's one of those things. I just pop on. It's like you know what I feel like watching that one now. And so I watched a few of the uh, Diamond Select ones as well, which I, I'm a bit funny with those. The ones that I've, I, the ones that I actually own. 
and you go, oh, I know what it does. Like, <laughs> yeah, so, but, I know. Just... I, I, it's, it's, it's funny. I think any collectors or anyone that likes something that they have, they tend to like to watch a review. Um, I think we're all guilty of it. Like, you know, men would say, hang on, is that meant to be that way? Or hang on, oh, if I see somebody else's, maybe they made a mistake with mine, or <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just human curiosity, but uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> Definitely go out and watch them because they say they're great. Something I've never done, and I just incredible videos to go and watch, and you can watch an awful lot in an hour. You really can. Five minute reviews, yeah. Well, thanks for the plug, guys, and thanks very much for having us on the show. Um, I was touched to have you on, Chris, and yeah, do yeah. check out those five-minute reviews. Said, I think that's quite a good, like, short but sweet, as you said, quality yeah. over quantity. That's it. So, yeah. Um, but, um, no, thank you very much for, for coming on, Chris. It was an absolute pleasure to chat with you and about, you know, just generally about the documentary. Um, and, yeah, we uh, hope you enjoyed listening, guys, and we'll be back soon with another episode. Bye. See you later. Bye. Take care. Bye.